And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, once again, February 28th, the last day of the month, brings great things. And the greatest thing that it brings, Josh Thompson, is episode 125 of the Weighing In podcast. We are back again after having a fight night with Jazarino Rosenstruck against Cyril Gon. It wasn't quite what people thought, but <laughs> it, it, there was enough decisions made that I don't want to make any more decisions for the night. I think there was only one finish and that was done with about 25 seconds left in the fight. So all of them went far. There was a good thing. They only had 10 fights. They would have lost their window for ESPN, but we did get to see a couple of really good fights and thank God for Pedro Munoz yes. and Jimmy Rivera. God damn. I'd watch them fight anytime. That was one hell of a fight that they put on. They made it worth watching the entire card. Well, I, I like the Bueno Silva and uh, La Rosa fight, De La Rosa fight. That was a good fight as well. I mean, don't get me tough wrong. Fight. Yeah, it was a tough fight, but it was a good fight. It was scrappy back and forth. The one-point deduction kind of made it like a little bit dramatic, a little bit added a little drama to it. The fact that it was a draw, I'd watch the fight again as well. And uh, But, I mean, I, I, I had obviously I had Bueno Silva winning the fight if there was no point deduction. But it was it was a good fight though overall. It was a little bit back and forth. You realize all De La Rosa has to do is get the fight to the ground, you know. Yep. And she she had she had uh, in the but in the second round, she um she had some dominant performance on top. She was able to control position, finish the round hard, but she just wasn't able to get the takedown the rest of the fight. So, but overall, like we had said, we have no idea why Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera were not the co-main event of this card. I understand the heavyweights always getting the plug because they're heavyweights and anything can happen as we saw, <laughs> you know, as we've seen before with heavyweights, but that fight should have been the co-main event. I don't know what they were doing and what happened. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take anything away from Krylov and uh, Uncle Iov or whatever. Like how you, yeah. How you say his name, but it just, I it didn't live up to it as well. It just wasn't there. Two of them respected each other too much. One couldn't implement his game plan. It was, it was almost like a repeat of the Bueno Silva and, and De La Rosa fight, but with men, you know, um, without and without the kit, the fence grab. But overall, oh, the there was a fence grab. Oh, there was. I, I didn't. Yeah, catch there it. was. Oh. Ankalaya, he grabbed the fence trying to keep him going down. And then the Pedro Munoz uh, Rivera fight was definitely the fight of the night, and oh, yeah. ha I think had the most drama to it as well with the leg kiff, calf kiffs, whether Rivera could stay on his feet. And but you know who looked good was uh, Alex Caceres. He looked phenomenal. Alex Caceres looked great. I he thought that was going to be a, you know, we talked about Kevin Kroom. I said, look, he's just, he's a junkyard dog. He will just keep yeah. fighting. And he proved that. He proved exactly how much heart he has. But, man, Alex Caceres has looked really good. You know, he had that loss against Crone Gracie. Mm -hmm. He got choked out. and uh, but Pretty much anyone would if they got yeah, taken Yeah, for the most part, if you go to the ground with him, you're going to have some serious. There's only a couple of guys, you know, in the, the only guy that I know that can stay with him on the ground is in a welterweight division while he's in the featherweight division. Yeah. So um, he's uh, right now, you know, his ground game is incredible. So anyone goes to the ground with Crone, they're in trouble. But Alex Caceres has had some really good fights. And 
man, I'll tell you what, tonight he was piecing up Kevin Kroom with just clean shots. He wasn't trying to load up. He wasn't trying to hit him real hard. He was trying to touch him and make him pay for coming forward. And he did that beautifully throughout the fight. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he fought a very composed fight. What I liked is in his post-fight interview when they asked him, why'd you let go of the triangle? He's like, well, my legs were kind of blowing up. His head wasn't all the way in. It's like, why am I going to keep doing that? Even when I let it go, my legs were tired. And it made sense. That's yeah. I, That that to me lets me know as a fighter, he's maturing IQ. fight IQ. That's what yeah. we talk about. We talk about fight IQ. That's when you know. He's like he's he's developed into a good fighter, but then not only that, but he's matured as a, a with his fight IQ. And so listening to him say that, I was like, brilliant. Just brilliant. And the fact that he knew he wasn't going to get it. The head was out. The choke was gone. Why try and say salvage it and move on to something else? And he did. How, how many times have we said, let go of that? You don't have it. Yeah. You've got to let go of it. And the guy's holding on or, or the girl's holding on. And you're going, you you know, you're and now you're losing position based upon holding on to something that is not going to work. Yeah. You're the one, you know. And if you think there's a chance, then go. But when you feel it and you go, it's not going to work, let go of it. Go on to something else. That was a smart move. That shows maturity as a fighter because when in a, you know when he was younger, he would have held on to that. Yeah, and so it's it was really nice to see. And that was a good fight. I enjoyed that fight. I I, I loved how tough, you know, Kroom is. He's just a guy that keeps coming forward, and I love the fact that the technical fighter, the guy that had the technical skill and just fought a very intelligent fight throughout, got the win and and looked good doing it. It, but it can go both ways. It can go for like the person who holds on to the submission too much or the person who tries to defend something too much. So like when I, we're talking about this, when you guys are at home and you guys are watching a fighter try to stuff a takedown, he fights the takedown so much that he ends up fighting it to a point where he gets basically taken down to mount or like side control. That means that he fought it so much that he left himself vulnerable to a position when he could have just abandoned that and made sure that, look, I'm already going to take it down. Let me fall to half guard or guard or let me fall to, you know, to, to the fence so I can start working my way back up. Some people will fight some, some people will fight the fight, the takedown so much they end up in a mount position or, you know, a, a half, a half guard or even a side control position. And, or they end up with their back pinned against the fence or, you know, between the fence and the floor versus their back to the fence and able to get back up. So, You've got to be very cautious. It's not just the people that are um, that are hitting the submission attempts that end up holding on to them too long. Like I'll give you an example. There's fighters that I've seen. They go for an arm bar and then the person goes belly down. When they go belly down, the arm's already out. And now you're belly down and the person's arm is out and they're basically on your back. You've yeah. given them your back already. and You're not going to turn and face them before they get to your back. And so I've seen that multiple times. I'm like, you're holding on to something that's just not there, you know, and uh, that you just can't do that. The same thing goes for the takedown defense. So when you guys are watching fights at home, pay attention to little details like that on someone who could have potentially pulled guard or fell and taken down, you know, got taken down into a good position, but instead fought it so much that they ended up in mount or they ended up in, you know, side control or they ended up, you know, turning their back and giving their back to a position where they got, the, you know, their back taken. But um, you know who looked good um, was Tiago Moises. He looked yeah, good. he looked really good. His stand-up looked sharp. And I loved at the end, you know, he, he's sitting there, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of someone I know, man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, am, was, I am a let's go kind of guy. Yeah. But I thought that was a close fight. You know, I, I actually had that as um, 
I had Thiago winning it. I think I had Alex Hernandez winning the first round, actually. I had it 29-28. Yeah, only because of the lack of output. Yeah, the commentators were giving him because, you know, they were, you got to look at what touches. Yeah. And both of both of them were missing a lot. They were throwing and missing a ton. But I thought Thiago in the end, he started, he started touching a little more. He started getting the cleaner shots. And he deserved the win, even though Alex Hernandez was kind of surprised. There was a couple of guys that looked surprised. He shouldn't have been surprised. And and if you're in that that type of fight and you're not, you know, you're not in that position where you uh, are cleanly landing strikes and you can see, and don't be surprised, man. You you gotta you gotta go after your opponent yeah. when you can't touch him a whole lot. There's a good chance that you're gonna end up losing that fight. Yeah, no, I agree. Other than that, I thought Alexis Davis looked good. Well, she got well. The well, first, I the thought first she round fought was close. really smart. Yes, very smart. I loved how she used that low kick. You know, she used that low calf kick to say, you know what? Every time that you shoot out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start making you pay. So at least your your movement's gonna be slower. That's gonna help me get my takedown. So it was just a breakdown of the fighter, you know, bit by bit to be effective in what you do. And I knew if the, that if Alexis got on top, she was gonna be dominant from that and i didn't think that sabina would be able to get up from her yeah. and that's what ended up happening you know i thought going into the the third round it was an even fight yep it was one round a piece and davis said yep one round a piece and i'm definitely going to win this one and she did that and did a really nice job well talking about making a fight adjustment and using their fight iq let's talk about the lack of that by jarzinho <laughs> by rosenstruck <laughs> And I mean, his corner yeah. was yelling at him to get it done, and he Remember, just turned the light switch off. It's like I'm shut down. Well, you know, this is where we talk about. You know, sometimes when you're the trainer, and you have spent an entire camp with someone training for a specific guy, you have an idea of what your guy's supposed to do now, and they go out there and do nothing yeah. like you guys had planned for, and this is the type of situation, and you know. Jazzarino, he just got stuck in looking for the one big punch. Yeah. And anytime you're looking for the one big punch, yes, you'll find that there are times it works for you, like Derek Lewis against Curtis Blaze. Yes, it worked for him. But most of the time, you're going to find that time's going to run out before you land that great strike, especially against a guy like God, who, who's in and out and moving well. And he's a slick stand-up guy he's got a lot of movement for a heavyweight a lot most of the time heavyweights are more plotting he's on his toes a lot he's moving around he's giving feints and to just land that one shot and time him that's not an easy easily accomplished task and i thought that you know rosenstruck just let the fight get away from him after the first round he just started setting back and just waiting 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 look if if you're not as fast as your opponent and you think you're going to counter strike you're probably not going to land a whole lot of strikes yeah yeah it just it became a waiting game it was very much like even though he got the win over overeem and which was a great stoppage um Ah, he just he just did exactly what he did in that fight he kept expecting it just to be there and be there later as the fight went on but Cyril Gaon was just the faster, more athletic fighter like we had talked about last week yep. or on Wednesday. And it really just came down to, I don't know if he thought Cyril Gaon was going to get more tired, you know, moving around, sticking and moving. 
but you've got to make him you got to make him tired. He's not going to get tired just by standing there and touching you and touching you. Cyril Gaon didn't waste any energy. He did enough to get the rounds. He knew he was getting enough to get the rounds. And when you know that you're fighting somebody like that, as a fighter like uh, Rosenstruck, you need to make an adjustment. You have to change as the fight goes on. He showed no fight IQ. None. At all. In terms of, like, when he went first, and, and, and it pains me to give Michael Bisping any credit. I'm kidding, Bisping, but it does. <laughs> he was right. Like, you, the winner of this puts themselves in a chance to fight for the UFC title. This is life-changing money and a life-changing position to be in. And you two, and not that Cyril did it, more Rosenstruck, because you pissed it away. Yeah, You C can sit there and say what you want. Cyril did the right thing. Yes, he did. He, he had the length. He had the speed. He had the ability to control the fight from the outside. Why am I going to take yeah. a chance in getting into a brawl with a brawler? That's a dumb move. Yep. But if you're... Jazzarino, you have got to create that brawl. You've got to create that situation where you're forcing your opponent to get into this, you know, I'll call it a snobber blocker, you know, slugfest where just one shot's going to end the fight. That's your job in creating that situation. He yeah. didn't do that. He didn't do that. And when it comes down to, remember how I said I wanted to see Derek Lewis and him? I'm like, gosh, maybe I don't want to see Derek Lewis in here. <laughs> no, but I feel like, but Dave, can you pull up the rankings for me for the heavyweights? I really believe this, of course, will move Serial up. Yeah. Because even though he didn't, like, even though he didn't get the knockout, even though he didn't do a whole lot, he did enough, honestly, to me, to let me know that he's, he belongs in that upper group of fighters, in that top five position. But there's yeah. no way you're going to tell me that I think he's better than Derek Lewis. Is he better than Curtis Blades? No, I saw Curtis Blade stand and throw. Sure, he got caught. Okay, but <clears throat> it doesn't it doesn't take much to, to knock somebody out when Derek Lewis's hands touch your chin. So when it comes down to it, I would put him below. I put Cyril Gone below um Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades? Oh yeah. Not ahead of him, below him. So I would say somewhere in that Volkov area, even though he just beat Jarzinho, I put uh Cyril Gone somewhere in there, and I would drop Jarzinho past. Volkov probably even maybe like I'd have to put him above Alistair Overham because he beat him. Oh, no, you don't because no, he lost freaking four. He lost the whole fight just because that. they decided to freaking give it with to a him. great stoppage. Yeah, with a great. Oh stoppage. Jesus Christ! This guy, this guy. You know it's funny. It's funny because you know I guess some one of the fans said something to Bisping about he got knocked out by Anderson Silva and he was all upset. You know, and it's you go back and watch that. Yeah, he was he was hurt by Anderson Silva in the same way that Rosenstruck did to Alistair Overeem, but he got up same as same thing. No different referee, different result. Same thing. No, the punch. Oh was, yeah, no, absolutely. The, no, the flying knee was after the bell. No, it wasn't. It was too. What are you crazy? It was after you just, you, you the just bell. absolutely said something that can be proved. To be completely wrong. You're wrong again. No, I was he, right. Anderson Silva jumped up and last, ran over and jumped on the cage last week while the round was week, ending. I was right Go ahead. twice. No, you're you wrong, were wrong again. Hey, Dave, you Dave, were Dave excuse me. Dave, let me ask you a question. Uh -huh. You did a vote on it. Who was wrong? Josh won that. Uh, sorry, John won that. No, he did not. Thank did you very much. Okay, I want you to watch right now. Same thing happens. Go ahead. Pull up uh, Michael. What, what round was it? Was, what Silva. round was it? Three? 
Yeah, which round is it? Third round, I believe. Second, it was the end of the, end of the second or the third round. End, end of, the of the third round. Okay. Yeah, right here. Do you want the sound at, at the very end? Yeah, sure. Let's All get right. the sound. Oh, but you can just take a look at the clock. It'll well, happen well, yeah, somewhere it, with no, round No, it's right 10. at the bell. It's right at the no, bell. No, it's not. You are wrong again. Turn, turn it up. I want to hear you this. You have been hit in the head I have too been. many times. I have been. I never said I was hit. <laughs> yeah, but I like, got hit in the head a lot, and I am not wrecking fights. What are you doing? Heard there's a, oh, man, he just turned it off. Look at this. Be careful, no, it's already past okay. 10 seconds. It's already past 10 hey, seconds. You're waiting for the bell? You're waiting for the bell, though? Yeah, the bell came way after. Way after. Oh, go ahead and say it. I want to hear it. No. Again? I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Seriously? You want to hear that again? Pull it, just pull it back up real quick. All right. I'm just trying not to. No, no, no it's okay. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to hear. I thought it was at the bell. Yeah. I, had thought, I thought that he had already. I thought the bell had went while he no. like was getting right, ready to jump. Listen. But Anderson leaves him thinking the fight's over. Right, hold on, because I'm gonna play it. But you can't see the round when the round ends. Yes, you're gonna hear the bell. Okay. Does the clock? Oh, the clock there's, goes look at there's ten. What? There's ten seconds because now he's looking for his mouthpiece. Right. Looks for his mouthpiece, and here comes the flying knee. Boom. I don't hear the bell. The the, the buzzer came right after. That. Gotcha. gotcha. I it came right after. Okay, so then he celebrates, and then it's not over. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Herb didn't call it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So John's right for once. Back in, back on the track. Oh. <laughs> the last two, the last two times that you were you were oh wrong. I want to make sure everyone understands uh, it. You okay. the YouTube comment section. John was wrong, wrong about the overeem situation. John was right again. You were wrong. wrong Look, again. people on Instagram like you more <laughs> than they like me. People on YouTube like me being right about that more so. <laughs> I was right. You were not. First but off, okay. No, no. First so off, so let me ask you a question. Go ahead. We, we had we had the the fight that you liked with uh, Montana and a De La, Montana De La Rosa and the fence grab. Were you happy that the referee? Yes, took a I was. I was. I loved it. Was it the right thing to yes, do? Yes, it was. Okay, you're absolutely right. There you go. God See, bless you. I'm glad I'm finishing. God bless the... you, Josh. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get something wrong between wrong. now and then, though. Don't worry. <laughs> By the time we finish this show, I'll get something wrong. <laughs> as soon as that that fence grab stopped the takedown, yep. that is the only thing that stopped that takedown. That's when you stop. You're going to call time. You're going to take a point. The only mistake that was made, and that is my friend, who is the referee that did that, a guy I train with, teach with. He needed to put him back in the same. I was going to ask you that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, Jaron Villal, right? Yeah. 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 So I was going to ask you that. Wasn't he supposed to put them back in the clinch or was he supposed to put yes, her back he down on the have, seat? No, nope, she's supposed put to be her, sitting down. Should have put her back. Can't put her sitting down because she pulled herself, you know, that standing position. You can't say, but you will put her hands in that same position and start that fight with her hands clasped so she can get the takedown. That's what should have been done well here's the thing though john in that situation she was on her way down she grabbed the fence and when he yep. saw that he stopped the fight there she hadn't pulled herself all the way back up so where did yeah, you start? she did did she yeah I she had pulled herself back okay god man i'm wrong again i i thought <laughs> she was okay. still kind of in that transition of like a seated position but the fence was holding her up now she, no. she, had, she was back on her feet she had pulled Got herself it. up to, to a position she was up but 
No, I thought it was a great. I thought it was wonderful that he took the, the point. I was, exact I was just right glad. Thing to do. I was so glad he didn't say, "Okay, that's your warning." I'm like, she had worked so hard for that takedown, and then, yeah. you know, I was having a hard time to get it the whole time, anyways. And that so. that ended up being the whole reason that it ended up being a majority draw. Yeah, agreed. because with what occurred, you know, without in the rest of the fight, yeah. Look, Silva landed a lot of shots, and that eye looked nasty. Yeah, man. but can't you know? That that was something that changed the fight. It changed that where that fight was going to be. Yeah. There are many times people will get mad because someone will grab the fence, and as they grab the fence, the person still gets them down to the ground. And why didn't they take a point? They got them where it was supposed to be. Yes, it was illegal, but they ended up in that position. And if it was a position that wasn't changed, now we'll say that that grab, they both go down now, but it changes position. You're going to stop them, pull them out of it, and probably take the point. Yeah, I still feel like you. Oh yeah, I get, I get it. I, I just feel like you're still using a lot of energy to get that takedown, even though you are. still get it. And then the, they don't take a point for them grabbing the fence. It's like, oh, we've got to do things. <laughs> I no, I, I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel, I feel the same way about steroids. I feel the same way about uh, fence grabbing and like you get it. And I know they're so far different, but they're so <laughs> far the different. Did you match up? No, no. What I'm saying All is right, we're, we're going to talk about things that are evil. Yeah. Grabbing and steroids. <laughs> I just feel like we need to make the penalties really strict in terms of like, otherwise people will just continue to do it, you know? And I look, and I, I know I, I'm going to use this as an example and I know it doesn't, but when I fought Tony, it wasn't just the fence grabs that were going to save my ass and win in that fight, but he grabbed the fence six or seven times. You know, and so in that, and I know that like some of them stopped to take down, some of them didn't. And Herb, all he did was give warnings, warning, warning. And that's a, once one of the reasons. And that's not why, there's plenty of reasons why I get mad at Herb. But there's, but Herb's done quite a few of my fights. And I'm like, Herb, what fucking fight are you watching, man? So it's, but you know what I mean? So there needs to be a, a real penalty, like right off the bat for situations like that, because you're, that person down there is working really hard for that takedown. It's hard. And then when they grab the fence, it stops even the momentum and the change of direction of getting them off the fence they grab. That's that that stops everything that they were building to get to, to do to get to that takedown. I don't know. It's I feel like there needs to be a stricter penalty for the fence grabs. <laughs> well, the problem is this. When you get to you gotta figure everything is not done just in the UFC. Everything is not done just Bellator or yeah. you you're you're branched out far and wide in the fact that you got a lot of grassroots fights going on. You've got shows that, you know, have 25 people at them. You have all these different places that have MMA, you know, the UFC Bellator, that's, that's the very end game. Mm -hmm. And what happens is what translates down is not always really good. It's not done the same. It's not looked at the same. And so the, to sit there and say, oh, we're, anytime someone grabs the fence, we're going to take a point. You are going to be having an incredible amount of yeah. bad decisions made and yeah. bad outcomes based upon it. So you try to mitigate it and say, look, if it, if it honestly affects the fight, it affects that takedown, it makes it so it stops it, we're going to take a point. That's what was done in that fight, and that's why it was so right. Yeah, when you put it that way, because you're talking about refs at a lower it's level. It's hard, man. It's yeah. the, and you're, you're, all you're looking at is this upper yeah. thing, and it's like, no, there's 
let me tell you that, you know, that, that, that pyramid goes way down and it goes far and wide. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's not an easy thing to control and it becomes, it really gets out of hand at some time. Got it. Yeah. Because it, now you're asking that. Yeah. It just, it, it, yeah, make, it makes complete sense. And you start talking about <laughs> when you, when it, it was put into perspective, cause I've fought in fairgrounds with like oh, yeah. 150 people there. And I'm like making sure I'm getting paid first before the fight happens. You know what I mean? Like those type of events. And so when you're talking about, yeah, if someone would have grabbed the fence, oh, he grabbed the fence. I mean, and then you got to remember that most of the time in those events, the guy who is fighting the main event, it's usually the mom and dad that are the promoter or like their yeah. best friend yeah, or yeah. their investor. And so they, they've got reasons to skew it. If you know, if you're trying, the guy's trying to get a takedown, they grab the fence or he forces. No, his elbow grabbed the fence or his, he put his armpit over the wall, over the, the ropes. That's a, that's a point. I get it. I understand now. What yep. you're talking about. Yeah. The trickle down effect. I thought they it's said horrible. They, I thought they said they didn't work. The trickle down effect. Anyways, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> let's not get into that. No, um, not at all. Let's let's let let let's talk about Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera though, because that was just a hell of a fight. I loved it. The Jimmy Rivera, man, I'm telling you, so tough because that leg hit fucks. I felt so bad for him every time I watched Pedro Munoz land another kick on it. I was like, oh, that poor bastard. Oh, that poor bastard. You know, but in the, the very first round, if you recall, Jimmy Rivera, they were swinging for the fences at times. And they they were landing, both of them. Jimmy Rivera hurt Pedro Munoz, hurt him bad. Yeah. You could see the effect. And Pedro Munoz, in my opinion, actually overtook that damaging strike with all of the damage he did to that calf in the first round where you saw it physically affecting Jimmy Rivera's ability to move. You're looking, you're going, man. That calf kick has just taken over in this fight. It has taken away a guy that got hurt with punches to the head is going to win the round over a guy that, you know, because of the calf kick and he deserved it and he deserved every round in that fight, but it was a close fight. As far as Jimmy Rivera was fighting hard, he just was, you know, he was a step behind in it. I'm sure, you know, I would love to, they, they talked about, they should make that a five round fight. Yeah. We would do it again. I think that's a great idea because they, those guys, when they match up, they bring action. That was fun. We talked about that fight before saying we thought that would be fight of the night. Yeah, I thought it'd be fight of the night. I'm, I'm a little surprised it wasn't the co-main event, knowing that they've already fought before. It was a great fight and then having them fight again. I would love to see the fight again, especially for a five round fight. Those are the fights that are fun fights, you know, um, <clears throat> And then it gives chance. It gives Jimmy Rivera a chance to figure out a remedy to that calf kick. Yep. Because as like I said, I'm gonna go back to the Bisping thing. I don't want to continue to pat him on the back, but he was right. Is <laughs> that it's it it's the, the calf kick itself is changing the game. It's and I've said this forever. Yeah. He also said we need to outlaw. We, we need to make outlaw. it illegal. I guess like just ridiculous. Oh, stop. <laughs> calm down. Jesus. Calm down. Yeah. You know, but um, but Jimmy Rivera just didn't have. He wasn't able to fight Southpaw. And so he was stuck in that position, taking that calf kick. And so this gives him a little bit of time, I think, coming up for if they do fight again for a five-round fight. He's going to have to figure out and, and a solution to that. The other thing is that you cannot, like, you cannot check that kick. The calf kick now has gotten to the point where, sure, you can still check it, but it's you can not. Turn, you, can, you can turn that leg and make your shin turn into his so it makes him go, oh, I don't want to throw it again. Yes. It's still going to hurt you. 
Yes, you can do that. But the issue is, though, is that now you've opened up your shin so much that an inside leg kick is there. You know, and so the and then now people now instead of doing the inside leg kick to the upper thigh, they're doing the inside leg kick to the bottom of the ankle or like right below the calf. Mm -hmm. So it's not at the like the outside one is at the top of the calf. The inside one is at the ankle, more of the bone. And so you're ending up with some you're 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 you got to figure out which one's worse <laughs> taking it to the inside of the leg sure. and taking it to I, the outside yeah, of the I, leg. I already figured out which one's worse which one's worse worth <laughs> worth yeah exactly which which one's worth it's easy which one's worse <clears throat> bisping did it illegal just don't allow it they're both bad yeah it's <laughs> that's not gonna happen no but um i would get rid of that thigh kick or that knee kick the front of the knee <laughs> kick first before i'd get rid of that thigh. oh jesus here we go it does make me nervous though oh god it does it does make me stop. nervous that the swelling will happen stop. so much that they gotta they gotta lance it i figured out years when i started training with the gracies and then and what i started the, uh, what does the gracies know about stand-up they don't know hold about on <laughs> okay go back go back and watch all of gracie and actions and stuff like that when i was sparring with hoist for uh for his first UFC, you know, I was one of his sparring partners to get him ready. And, you know, we, I would put on 16 ounce gloves, 22 ounce gloves too. And his big thing for him to take me down and he would do that kick. And I kept jumping, you know, jumping my leg back, jumping my leg back. Finally, I said that. And I kept my leg out there bent and he hit it and I hit a right hand. And I go, oh, that shit worked. Yeah, yeah. Know? And it's like, and it's like, yes. Can you hurt someone's knee? Yeah, there's a possibility someone's knee can get hurt in any fight. But we allow people to get, you know, punched and kicked to the head. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to sit there and tell me that, oh, this linear strike to the knee is more dangerous than me taking my right leg and kicking you upside the side of your head. Sorry, it's not. So why am I taking and making something that's not as dangerous, illegal, while I keep the thing that's more dangerous? Come on common sense john you're making too much sense stop that please i will <laughs> stop I, I will stop you stop, stop that right now um overall the card to me tonight let's give it a rating you say one to five i gave it like a two yeah i mean i two love the pay i two love the pedro munoz fight that's why i gave it a two and a so half I will, I, I will say i'll give it a three okay i'll give it a three yeah overall it just wasn't a good night of fights i mean like don't get well, me wrong too many, they fought just their too many decisions. Off. yeah they, they fought did their asses just, off when you don't get when you don't get you know you only get one finish in a night yeah it's it's never what you want you know bellator had that one night where there was i want to say 14 fights 14 finishes it's yeah. a great night because yeah. the, get the judges out of there does they you don't need them we're gonna finish this and and that's always a good night so anytime you get uh, you know almost all judges decisions it always puts it to where it's not exactly what you want ufc had a card i can't remember when but they had a card where i think there was only one decision there's like I think how, I'm sure I, they probably had a couple. Uh, yeah, I recall one that they had that was a, there was like just one decision, and um, I remember it being a good night. So I can't remember what card it was and when it was. I think but. I think I'm not sure, but it could be the card that uh, Yoel Romero fought Leota Machida, hmm. and I think you had uh, I think uh, Tim Boach was on that card too, but I think that one had either just one decision. Was that the same night Leoto fought, uh, or not Leoto, but Tim Bosch fought uh, Luke Rockhold? No. no. I think it was Luke in that one. 
Got it. Um, okay, well, let's jump into Angela Hill. Angela Hill's fight was obviously canceled yeah. uh, against Yoder, and then Yoder and her have been apparently rescheduled for what March thirteenth. <laughs> they've rescheduled. Yeah, March thirteenth. Is that the yeah. day? Yeah. yeah. So for March thirteenth, which uh, it just so happens to be the one year anniversary of COVID, of the cancellation of that, <laughs> of, of yeah, all fights sure. really being canceled, kind of because we got canceled March thirteenth. March fourteenth yep. was Brasilia, right? So they're rescheduled for March 13th, and uh, in the process, Angela Hill is having a cocktail, and she starts camp again on Monday. So best of luck to her and Yoder. And Yoder, if you guys didn't hear, Yoder um, hurt someone in her camp that's positive for COVID, and so they had to cancel the fight. But uh, they've rescheduled since she obviously didn't test positive, but they want to give it a couple weeks and make sure that she is okay. So that fight's been rescheduled, and that's great, though. I'm excited to see. I'm glad that Angela Hill is getting a lot of pro, uh, props and publicity and, you know, she's getting catapulted up there into that top position. She's yeah. got to get some wins, man. That's the biggest thing. Yes. She puts on some yeah. great fights. She puts on great fights, but she's been edged out in some decisions. Ugh. They haven't gone her way. And I've been in that situation. It's frustrating because you know you're a good fighter. You know you're better than those people, but you're just stuck in that. The competition now is so. split decision queen yeah. losing. Yeah, I feel so bad for her all the time. It could be on the other end. Remember when Benson was the split decision king winner? Oh yeah, of everything. Yep. So yeah, you have those. Uh, you have those. Uh, those uh, fights and those type of fighters, and it sucks for her. But she's right there. I think she's you know within a fight or two of trying to get back into that title talk conversation. What else you got for us, Dave? It's time for weighing in on the odds. <laughs> Yeah! Oh, another one. I would. I tell you what, I did very well with this card though, because I told people Lies. to take Pedro Munoz. No, <laughs> Lies. I have video of it. Lies. I am not lying. I wish I have we, you know proof. we have video of every time you were wrong. Also, I'm gonna go back through all that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also, I couldn't believe it. they they actually had the over under on the. uh Rosenstruck versus gone fight at one and a half. I said, take the over, man. It's they're gonna they're gonna feel each other in the first round. They'll start warming it up in the second. Maybe they'll end in the third. Yeah. Obviously, that was wrong. But yeah. the over at one and a half, I said, man, that's the one to take right there. So I actually did well. Interesting. Two two and oh, baby. Oh, I don't have any money left, so I'm all out. <laughs> I spent it all. Spent it um, all. Went to dinner. So what they've got right now, they've got Jan uh Blahovich at plus two hundred against Izzy at minus two fifty five. Yeah, you know that's that's one of those you, you take a look at it. And it's that's actually when you're talking champion on champion, and it's the the guy that's minus two fifty five going up into that weight for the second title is it's telling you something. They're looking at it speed and technical prowess in the stand up. They're believing that Adesanya is going to get you know the win over Blahovich. Absolutely possible. But Blahovich, he's got the power. One shot. That's all it takes. Yeah. So I look at that and I go, yeah, it's understandable. But again, I probably I you know if I was going to bet on that fight, I think I would go to the over. It's at minus one thirty, and I'd put money on the over. Two and a half rounds. It's going to go over two and a half rounds. Yes, for sure, it's going to go over two and a half rounds. I believe. I think so too. Then you have Megan Anderson and Amanda Nunez. 
Look at the odds on that. Minus 1,100. I think yeah. she was a minus 14 against Spencer. Yeah. Felicia Spencer. So this one's not as bad. Best 100 bucks. And, but, and Felicia Spencer beat Megan Anderson. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Megan Anderson for plus 750. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <laughs> love love you know, it. Do you remember what you just said a moment ago? Yeah, I lost all that money. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you see, I can win it all back with $100. <laughs> That's the my, thing. My, my bookie wants people like you that go, yep. plus $750, i am throwing $100 on that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. You I can't. love it. I think it's great. <laughs> I'm not uh, telling any. I'm not telling anyone to put minus eleven hundred on anything. No but, way. No way. Uh, yeah, that's one of those fights you just want to avoid altogether. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to throw twenty five, thirty bucks on Megan to see what happens, cool. I'm not saying get a bet a whole hundred, you know. But if you're going to bet like twenty five, thirty bucks, go right ahead. See what you can come up with. You know, you're not out too much, and and uh, you can you can make pretty good money off of it. That's one of those fights to do it on, but. I don't say to me that's one of those fights I would just stay away from because you know oh, how good a man is. Yep. Uh you got um Alderman Sterling. This is a good one. This is a good one. Alderman versus Peter Yan. Yeah, so and, and it's look, that's a good difference in the odds. Minus one thirty for the champ and plus hundred. You know, basically they're saying this is close to a you know, even just a fight. little over an even fight, man. And Peter Yan at minus one thirty. Or Aljo, either one's a good bet. I look and say Aljo's not going to have an easy time taking Peter Yan down. Peter Yan has got a lot better wrestling than people realize. I can tell you that mm -hmm. because I will tell you that there's a guy named Magomed Magomedov who is an outstanding wrestler who in their second matchup had a hell of a time trying to take Peter Yan down. And he's as good a wrestler as Aljamain. And it says He's a better. lot about says a lot about I'm I'm, I'm just going baby it says a lot about the uh, defensive wrestling of Peter Yanni is not an easy man to take down and he is not an easy man to keep down so I look at that and you know, in my opinion I think Peter Yan gets the win here and I would at, at minus one thirty I would put that money to get a hundred bucks uh, yeah I would too I would do the same I'm surprised that it's this close. Well, the other one that's kind of surprised, Dominic Cruz is a underdog to Casey Kenny. That doesn't surprise he, me, though. Really? No. Yeah. Mm -mm. How, how old is Dom? 36? 37? He's going to be turning 37. Yeah, I think he's 36. I think he's 36. He's 35. Oh. 36 in September. Yeah, 36 in September. I mean, yeah, he's okay. But still, I, speed, speed kills, and just in the fast. smaller you are, Casey Kenny's fast. He's, and I don't Don, know if. Dominic lives on the ability to take people down. Yeah. Doesn't mean that he keeps them down. He doesn't even try to keep them down. He takes them down, lands some shots. He wants it back on the feet. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to be able to do that with Casey, and Casey's going to end up pressuring him. In, in a, I don't know. And to me, that's a tough fight for Dom. But let's go with Drew Dober against this guy named Islam Makashev. You go right ahead and say whatever you want. I'm taking the three. I'm taking the minus three thirty on Islam. Three thirty, aren't you? You know, so would I. Take my <laughs> money, baby. Take my money. No, I mean, I just don't see anywhere that Drew Dober can catch him outside of just 
clipping him, which could happen, but I just don't see it. I mean, they've been, uh, Islam's been here since January, uh, training for the fight. He's been at Extreme Tours and been at, uh, Cabrinos out there in, uh, in Vegas. He's been here getting, uh, acclimated and making sure that he's healthy and has a full camp and he's all set up. He's been here the whole time. So, you know, he's got a crew of guys that are there. He's got, uh, Usman who's fighting here in Bellator here coming up. Could be his oh. brother. He's got little Umar who's there as well. He's got Abu Bakr who's there as well. He's got, uh, uh, Zuba. Zuba is there as well. And plus all the other guys that actually train at Couture's. He's been working with a couple of those guys as well on the side. They, they try to stay away from working out with the team a whole lot because they want to, um, you know, avoid, I mean, just, you know, being basically working with too many guys, but, uh, yeah, they keep with their, their, their niche, their tight little niche in there. And, uh, Javier has been out there, I think since the end of January, uh, out there help, holding and holding for them too and training with them. So we just get back in the States. Don't we? Uh, it could be yes today or yesterday. I think it was. I think it was early this morning he got back, yeah. First time he's been back in a long time. But, um, you know, a lot of reminiscing for him. But I give Islam. I give Islam the, the minus 330. But to be honest, Bob, uh, not Bob, but to be honest, John, not Bob, John is, I don't know if I would take this fight. I don't know. I don't know if I would bet on this fight at all. I don't bet on my friends, so I wouldn't bet, period. Well, it's real simple. Does Drew Dober have a chance to win this fight? Of course he does. Yeah. Drew's got really good power in his hands. He's got good kicks. He's a tough son bitch. He's a good fighter. I just think technically he's going to have a hard time with the wrestling ability of Islam. Being able to get up if he, if he ends up being taken down is going to not be an easy prospect for him. He's going to have to give things up to get himself back up. And in those transitions, he can take a lot of damage or he can be submitted. And so it's a tough fight for Drew Dober to win, but I love the fact that he took it and that he's stepping up uh, to say, you know what? I think I can beat you, but I would take, I would take Islam with the, I would give the minus three thirty if I was going to bet it, but I'm not going to bet it. Islam, Drew Dober is fa I think faster than Islam speed wise. I think in the exchanges, I think speed-wise, he's probably a little bit faster than Islam. But Islam is the better technical striker. But that doesn't mean anything when someone is faster. Like, you've got to make sure that you keep your hands up on tight. It's going to be... It's, but, it's close, but though. he But he's not real... There's not a, a noticeable... I mean, you. it's not like one of those where you're going, oh, he's way faster than him. No. No, but what I'm saying, he, though, he is... He may be faster. In that first two minutes is when it's going to yeah. be dangerous. You know, and Islam's one loss came in the first minute and a half or two minutes of the fight or something like that, maybe even less. You know what I said? When you're talking about, like, when I'm saying he's faster, it's going to be that feeling out process. If he comes out really hard, Islam's going to have a hard time making that adjustment probably right off the bat. If you go on beyond that, I think the fight just becomes domination. I think Islam's just going to dominate him from the top to bottom as, as the fight slows down two and a half minutes in. I mean, everywhere, from the feet to the southpaw position to the... I mean, he, he, I just wish I could explain to people how strong he is and how good he is on the ground. His jujitsu is phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, so, his wrestling's pretty damn. His wrestling, his <laughs> obviously everyone knows his wrestling's really good. His it's more he when I compare the two of them between Khabib and him, his wrestling and his takedowns are more foot sweeps, uh, you know, trips, ankle picks, different ways he sets up. I don't know if you guys have seen the video of him on YouTube. Uh, taking down that wrestler, the the high school wrestler from uh, from Gilroy High School, who was Chase. the California State State champ, Chase Aldotna. Yeah, he took him down, but he took him down with that little uh, 
Dagest- a wrist whip. Yeah, it was like they call it like the da- Dagestani handcuff or something like that. I don't know what or not handcuff. Oh. They call it the Dagestani something like they should call it the Dagestani whip. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but anyways, he pulls down on the wrist. Him and yeah, spun him around. So he fakes the inside like he's gonna shoot for a takedown, and he has wrist control. When the guy steps back, he basically pulls the wrist down to the ground, and then he swings you out from underneath you, and he swung him right to his back. And I was like, oh god. DC's on there going, man, did you guys get that on film? He's like, yeah, I need that. I want to post that on social media. I want to make this. It was hilarious. I thought it was great. But uh, yeah, his wrestling is really good, but his style of wrestling is a different style of wrestling. Khabib's style is different than his, but both of their wrestling is different than American style wrestling. I know that's going to stir the pot a little bit, you know. Yeah, but it is. It's just different. International wrestling is different. You go yeah. to Russia, it's different. You go to different places. There's yes. just different styles. Uh, Joseph Benavides versus uh, Askarov. Yeah, I, I like Askarov. Asgar, Askarov, he's good. He's good in the stand-up. And right now, I love Joe Benavides, but he's just had a couple of setbacks. And when you start having those, yeah, confidence starts to wane. And it's uh, this, this one's a tough one. Uh, he's a slight. Uh, this is almost, you talk about almost even. Yeah. He's slight underdog. Minus one ten to minus minus one twenty, but uh, I would honestly take Askarov if I was going to put money on it. Yes, yeah, that's why I, that's why I won't because I'm going to root for Joe. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to root for <laughs> Joe as well. Um, all right, well, hey, that's weighing in on the odds, and uh, go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com, and then use the promo code weighing in. And guess what? You can go ahead. And get a little bit extra money from them when you use that promo code. So make sure you guys enjoy it. And you guys can thank us later in the comment section. We want to thank you guys. Also, when you guys go to our YouTube channel, hit the little bell off to the side to get the notifications uh, to let you know when we drop our newest show. So as And if you guys are following us, post our show, retweet our show, uh, any of that stuff, tag us in it, and we will retweet it as well. And uh, obviously comment as well. And uh, you guys know that we appreciate you guys. Um, hit the thumbs up that shares our videos to everyone else. And that puts us ahead of guys like DC and Helwani and, and, uh, the other guy named Bisbing and they be- what believe me and who, and something like that. And all those Hell other what? ones. Yeah. Hell what? <laughs> so make sure Dick you guys Clark hit that thumbs and up. What? <laughs> Dick Clark. I love DC. Dick Clark. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, and every, anybody else that has an MMA podcast that, that will hopefully put us up in there that in that conversation as well, because we are the best MMA podcast. I don't want to I don't have to say it. Other people have said it for us, but I will continue to say it because I know it's true. There you go. But this is great, man. I'm loving. It. All right. Well, let's talk. You know what? Bellator came out now with their 205 pound rankings, uh, basically like a list of the top five that they thought, but they haven't dropped it yet. But they said, hey, how would you guys rank them? They've got Phil Davis, Ryan Bader, Derek Anderson, Machida, and Anthony Johnson in that um, in that top five you also, position. You also got to throw in one to six with Yoel Romero. Yes. Come on. You got to throw Yoel in there only based on the fact that Machida He's, has been beaten by Yoel. Yes, he has. Yes. So when you have that conversation, I'm looking at the fact that where do I put all of them? I would put Phil Davis first, and then I would put Anthony Johnson next. I put Corey Anderson third. I put Ryan Bader fourth, and I would put Machida fifth. Wow. You would put Phil Davis first, huh? Yeah, because he's fighting for the title, so I have no yeah, choice but to put him first. I like that. I'll, <laughs> right give now. It to him. I'll say, all right, Phil Davis is first. I would say that Corey Anderson is second. Okay, over um, Anthony Johnson? 
Yeah, because Anthony hasn't fought in three years. That's true. I, I agree with that's that. A, I, that's a real concern. I can see that. I, but I'm also a homer. And everyone knows that. You guys that have watched this show, okay, like I just did with Islam, I'm going to do with AJ. AJ, to me, would be number two. Oh, and I'm only putting Phil first because, and I'm a big Phil fan also. He's one of my close friends too. But Phil is first because he's fighting for the title against um, Nemkov now. So I put him first. He's the number one contender, so you put him first. Then I put Johnson next. You're saying you put Corey Anderson next. I would put Corey Anderson next because Corey was ranked uh, what fourth, I think fourth, mm -hmm. fourth in the world at a certain point there and stuff, and he's back. And I would say Davis. I'd go with Anderson. Ah, I got to I got to take um, Bader out of the the equation right now based upon his last performance at light heavyweight. So I would probably go Johnson, then Romero, then Bader, then Machida. Even though Romero hasn't fought at 205. Even though Romero hasn't fought at 205. He's a freak. Yeah, I agree. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, I, I'm, not say, I'm not saying that he can't, he, you know, can't be beat. Can't just, I just look at him and uh, he's that guy that can just have a horrible fight. Yeah. Or he could have the most impressive performance. He can do like the Chris Weidman, you know, flying knee or you know, some of the, the Lyoto Machida fight where, you know, he, he kind of, you know, stayed in the stand up for four and he's landing shots and taking a couple and finally, you know, just bulldogs him to the ground with a rugby tackle and smokes him in about 15 seconds on the ground. You go, yeah. what have you been waiting for? He's yeah. got that ability. <clears throat> yeah. You know, he's just got that God given explosive power and stuff. You know, he, he's just a, yeah, he's older. But he's a special, special. Fighter. Yeah, I, I, I would probably put. I guess I'd probably put him against. Uh, I put him ahead of Bader as well because stylistically he's a nightmare for Ryan Bader. Like when you say like guys that Ryan Bader would have a hard time with, it's guys that can out wrestle him. Yep. You know, Ryan Bader uses his wrestling to his advantage to set up his striking, but I don't think his striking, his pop and his power. Sure, he's got some power, but you know, I don't yeah, think he has the power to finish. A Yoel Romero, no. So when you're, either. yeah, when you're in that conversation in that talk, I would say you have Phil. I could go with you on the Anderson thing, you know, because AJ's been, you know, gone for three years, maybe even closer yeah. to four. And then, um, then I, I would still put AJ then third. I did. You know? Okay, and then I would put um, then Yoel, and then Bader, and then Machida. I did. Yep. Yeah, gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, what else you got for us, Dave? Um, Bellator announced Matt Mitrione versus. Uh, Tyrell Fortune. What you think? I think this is uh, Bellator talking to Tyrell Fortune saying, well, you know what? You had that undefeated th thing taken away because, you know, you fought when you probably shouldn't have fought, and that, that happens. But uh, Tim Johnson had a really good performance. You came back. You had a lackluster performance in your comeback. It's time to step up and prove, you know what? that you're the guy that's going to be in that upper echelon of fighters by beating Matt Mitrione, or you're going to prove that you can't get into that upper echelon of fighters by losing to Matt Mitrione because on the feet, Matt Mitrione is a problem for a lot of people. He's fast. He's got power in his hands. Um, he's pretty slick in the standup. Tyrell Fortune has very good wrestling. He was an outstanding amateur wrestler. Um, this is a guy that was, you know, uh, 
on the you know the Olympic squad. He is good, but is he going to use that wrestling, or is he going to try to get into a stand-up battle with Matt Mitrione? Let's see how smart you are, Tyrell. Are you going to be the complete mixed martial artist and use all the tools, or are you going to get drawn into a stand-up? You know, let's see who's slicker battle with Matt Mitrione. Not a good one. Um, I just did my coaching bit for the day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is one of those fights. I think. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's my take on it. <coughs> you and I are privy to some of the inside information on what the fight card's going to look like coming up for April. And, yes, sir. And this is not one of those fights that that um that I think is that, ex- that excites, that excites you, like me. The other ones, the other ones. The other ones oh when I God. looked when I got sent those cards, I was like. This Fire. is this is really happening. Like these fights oh. were these are the fights that we're really doing. Stand you know? by, people. Oh, stand man. by. Stand by to stand by. <laughs> well, you know, they just announced uh, James Gallagher versus Patch Mix. I know. Against Patchy. And there was all that Beautiful. talk. There was all that talk by Mix saying, James, you're all talk. You're not going to sign the contract. He signed James, it. James, they've been protecting you for so long. Yep. All that stuff. And so James oh, is like, it. no, contract signed. Because when we had James on here in our show, he said, no, I want that. T- I want that fight. Yes, he and did. We both were like, are you sure you want that fight? And he said, no, I want that fight. He's like, no, we're working on that fight right now. We're trying to get that fight. So James sees something in Apache Mix that he can exploit. And we'll see if he can get it done. But man, that yeah. fight, that fight was the fight that everyone's like, well, he's got to take a step of a competition. Well, he is. We'll see how it all works out. But. I think stylistically it makes for a fun fight. Oh, yeah. They're both outstanding on the ground. (laughs) Sorry, excuse me. James Gallagher is not a Conor McGregor. He likes to hit the ground. He likes to hit submissions. He attacks a lot. So, sorry. You want me to talk for you? So, go ahead, please. James Gallagher is not a Conor McGregor. He's a guy that actually likes to hit the ground. He likes to use those grappling skills. The stand-up is where, if you're going to compare him, yeah, he's not a Conor McGregor, and he is not the guy that's got a lot of power in his hands. But every time that the fight hits the ground, that little bastard finds someone's neck. He's got so many rear naked choke submissions that you take a look at what he has done in his career. He, there's those guys that have that specialty, and his specialty is when the fight hits the ground, he gets your back. Now, we call Patchy Mix... The, the backpack. human backpack. So that's going to be an interesting fight. Which one is going to get the back? Because they're both just really special at getting to that position. So we're going to see who is better at it. Well, it's not even that. It's, it's, it, there, it is that as well. But who's going to go? I know Patchy's probably going to try to get the takedown. Is James going to try to defend the takedown? Or is James going to try to get the takedown and be on top? That, you know, it can go both ways. Or does James want to be on bottom to attack from the bottom game and see how good Patchy is from the top position? So it makes for a very interesting conversation because both of them are very good grapplers. Yeah. But the one thing that I, with Patchy, though, Patchy's way bigger. He's a lot bigger than James Gallagher. Yeah, he's bigger than James as far as, I think he's a little bit taller, not much. Gallagher's got to be 5'7". Patchy's, what, 5'8"? Says so, no, it says Gallagher's 5'9 and Patchy's 5'8. Whoa, look eight. at that. See? I don't know, man. <laughs> Patchy Mix looks so much bigger to me when we're side by side with them. Really? Yeah. 
I don't know. Well, if you look at, I think they're very close. Look at Dave. If you take a look at these photos from Sherdog, who looks bigger? What do you mean a photo? You're you're looking at a photo saying who looks bigger. But when I see them in person, of course he's he's closer. He's gonna look bigger. When I see them in person, when I see them in person, Patchy looks bigger. Well, I think it's great because like one's eleven and one, one's thirteen and one. Yeah, it's uh. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. But if you're patchy mix, you know, you can look and say, hey, I've seen where, you know, Gallagher was exposed by Ricky Bandejas. He had a bad fight. The stand-up was a problem for him. So maybe I don't want to take it to the ground. And maybe I want to use stand-up to get a win. I'm not sure it's the way he's going to do it, but there's a lot of ways of looking at this fight. It's going to be a fun fight. I'm, I'm have to up for it. But there's a lot of other fights on those on these cards that Bellator that we've been privy to see, and uh, I'm excited. There's can't wait to bring so them up. So many fights on there that I'm like, wow, I'm glad we're making this fight. Um, what else you got for us? Uh, so I don't know if you watched Dustin Poirier on um, Joe Rogan's show this week, but he talked about being willing to move up to 70 to fight Nate, uh, and then also expects the Connor trilogy to happen in June or July. So a couple of big fights that um, he's willing to put on. Yeah, I. <laughs> Is it for the title? That's what I want to know. Is the Connor fight for the title? It shouldn't be. No, it should not now. It should have been before if you were going to do it, I guess. But it could be. And it just where does that put the UFC? How does that make them look? I don't know. Like I, I would have, I would have, I could have got behind it if it was for the title the first time. How do you? How do you have a guy? And look, I love Connor, but how do you have a guy coming <clears throat> off a loss fighting for the title? You don't do that. Pay-per-view money. (laughs) That's a good reason. (laughs) Pay-per-view money. But, you know, you just don't do that. Yes, I know it's Conor McGregor. Yes, I understand the money aspect. But it's a championship fight. This is a guy that lost. He's got to come back with a win. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you've got other guys that are ready to fight. You know, if you pull up the lightweight rankings, you've got other guys that are ready to fight. You got Chandler there, you got Oliveira there. They're ready to fight. They're ready, like, hey, I want that title shot. And I get it. You know, Dustin Boyd deserves to make, you know, top dollar. You know, he's he's done everything he's supposed to do. He's a company guy. So you'd like to you'd like to reward him with a big money fight. I just you've got the other two. Maybe you have maybe you have Chandler and uh, and Charles Oliveira fight to see who ends up fighting for the title. The winner of that fight for the title. I don't know. What what you're you're saying? Oliveira and Chandler fight to see who fights the winner to get a a chance at the winner of Dustin Dustin and Connor. All right. I'm okay with that. But Connor's still getting a title shot. What? He would because he's coming out. At least he'd have a win. No, but I'm saying though, Connor would be getting a title shot right now to fight Dustin if that's for the title. No, no. So you're Is saying that, that you're that you're saying that fight's not for the title. Neither one. Oh my god, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just they don't have a champ right now. Khabib is no. not coming back. I know as much as you want to say that he is, he is not say, coming back. Right. I didn't say that he was coming back next week, but he is coming back. I've already heard talk, dude. I have heard too, but I've also heard I have that. heard some talk. I don't think so, man. I can't say it right now, but I have heard some stuff. I don't know. 
He's coming back. (laughs) He'll be gone for a little while. Yeah. That scares me even more, though, because he's my friend. I don't want you to go back. I don't want you to go away. Come back. You're not the same guy. You know, if things have changed, you know, like it's not the inactivity is a problem. No, if he if he took a year off, first off, it's not like he's not training at all. Yeah. Okay. He's training with the guys that you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's coaching them. He's he's in there working with them. So he's training, and the year's not going to make that big a deal. Yeah, because he he, he is levels above all of these guys. Mm-hmm. Levels right now. So yeah, I don't know. What else you got for us? Um, Willie Zhang <clears throat> is defending strawweight title against Rose at UFC two sixty one. Two sixty one. Where's that at? Which is three pay-per-views from now. Yeah, but where's that at? Where's the show? Yeah. Does it say? Uh, Are we back at Fight Island? April 24th. Uh, yeah, there's not, it's not specified. No there. specification. Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's see. No, it says right there. It says UFC has been working on holding that event in Singapore per sources. It looks like it's going to take place in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's now looking like Las Vegas. Okay. That's what happens when you read the rest of it. There you go. Yeah. You got to read those last lines. Too. Yeah. Cause Singapore is still locked down pretty, pretty roughly, I guess. Pretty harshly. I don't know. How do you think Rose does in that fight? I think she beats her. Ooh. Yeah. I think Rose beats her. If you look at the Joanna fight with Whaley Zhang, mm-hmm. Rose, uh, Joanna had a lot of success in the first two, three rounds. Yeah, you know, and so will Rose, and so will Rose. But pressure makes Rose do certain things, and she gets tired from. Okay, so she gets tired from it. Rose is also a lot better on the ground than than uh, Joanna. Oh yeah, yeah. So on the the ground, Rose is slick. Yeah, if Whaley tries to take her down or any of that stuff, she's gonna be better on the ground. Uh, Whaley's gonna take the fight everywhere, but she's gonna mainly try to stand. I think with her, she's gonna try to bully her around. But she's gotta be careful. She got. When she was getting hit by Joanna, Joanna's punches don't have the same effect that Rose's have. She's got some power for being a smaller. So does Whaley Zhang. She's got power as well. Yeah, both. As we saw know. against Jessica Andrade. Yeah, she's got power as well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards I'm gonna lean towards Rose. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's gonna be a good fight, though. It is gonna be a good fight. It's gonna be an interesting fight. Yeah, I I think both have ways of just altering a little bit of what they do that's going to be effective against the other opponent. Yeah. Rose is, I know that they're close in height and stuff, but I think that she's got just a difference in reach. It seems like her her arm length is a little bit longer and she fights long. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wei Li tends to come inside and really, you know, wing shots. And if she can get inside, she can do damage to Rose. If Rose is able to keep her from being that that one that gets inside, I think she has the advantage on that outside. She's got a beautiful jab. She uh, lands beautiful combination. She sets things up. She's been trained really well. And then uh, she brings that kick up very well, too. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. It's a, it's a good fight. I know, you know, record-wise, you look at Wei Lee, and she's got, you know, that impressive 21-1 and record. And Rose, is, Rose doesn't look all that great with the 9-4. and four. She's way better than that record. She's also a, a lot younger. She's been fighting the top-level girls 
for a long time. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, Whaley Zhang kind of came, exploded onto the scene. She's 31 years old. She is somebody that she came onto the scene, but then catapulted herself right away into that top position where Rose has been fighting her way from, you know, back in the day to, to at a young age, maturing as a person. I think at 31, by the time she hits, she's 28. By the time she is 31, she could pro potentially be the champ a couple of years over by then. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> different stages of their career and maturity level as well and where they've been through and what they've come from. But uh, and I know that Rose is a nine and four. I'm gonna lean towards Rose, uh, but I think I think Whaley Zhang is definitely gonna. It's gonna be a fun, fun fight. I'm not I'm not gonna say that it's gonna be a fight like the Joanna one. I think it's that's, gonna be a that's little, a hard fight to match up. Yeah, but it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot more respect. I yeah. think that Whaley Zhang's gonna have to respect her a lot more because if Rose is able to cap is able to hit her the way that Joanna was able to hit her in the first two rounds. She may she may be waking up looking up at the at the lights, because I mean she was getting hit with some very clean shots. Whaley Zhang was in the first two rounds by Joanna. Now Joanna yeah. is faster than Rose, but Rose puts the combinations together well, and she fight like you said she fights long. Whaley Zhang sure. doesn't fight long. She's got it seems like she has the shorter arms. Like she she likes to fight in close that grimy dirty fight like she did with Yo uh, Jessica Andrade, you know pressure to the fence, clinch knees, elbows. She's gonna to try to do that to Rose. Rose got to make sure she got to keep her back off the fence. She can't. She got to make sure she fights from distance. So, I don't know. We're gonna see. We're gonna see if Whaley Zhang can take that power punch. We know she can take the pitter patter. She took some big shots against Joanna. We're gonna see if she can take a power shot. Took a lot of shots against Joanna. <clears throat> Jeez, man. Walked through be. them all. I'm excited. I love watching Rose fight. Thug Rose. Thug Rose. Anyway, Thug Rose. That was it. a great call. Oh, I love it. What else you got for us? Um, so there was a a one championship fight. Um, was that a couple of days ago? There, mm -hmm. did you guys? Did you guys? No, I didn't see Petrosian and uh, Rot Tong and Lee. But the, I saw a clip of that Rot the Rod Tong guy. Good God, he got hit with some nasty shots. He put his he did what uh was the Russian guy or the the guy that fought put his hands down against Crutch. What's his last name? Oh. Cameron Cameron Lashinov. I love this it. This guy did the same thing, but he did it with, and he took it right on the chin. Pop, pop. Watch. Boom, boom, boom. And then, <laughs> and then he walks through. I'm like, what in the heck? He reminds me of like a small version of uh, uh, Bokau. Yeah, but they, they, but his chin didn't move. Yeah. So, so he didn't really get hit. Oh, he got hit. He, he just yeah, struck. But, he, but, he, but he got hit with a you got hit with the bigger Pitter gloves. patter. We got hit with. They're yeah. wearing they're wearing uh ten ounce gloves or eight ounce yeah. gloves. Yeah, they're smart. These oh. guys these guys are maybe hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're tiny. They're like one twenty five. Um, <clears throat> what what about the card? Were you talking about? Well, we saw them. Yeah, just just uh, didn't know if you guys were. Uh, no, we didn't get a. I didn't get a chance to check it out. Um, sixteen year old Victoria yes. Lee wins her debut. That's Angelie's little sister. Yeah. yeah. 16 years old 16 years old she won by, uh, shocking she won by submission yeah she rear, rear naked choke but you know a, there's a lot of talk of angela lee sometime possibly going <laughs> to the ufc i'm like i don't think that's ever gonna happen no uh but you know and and angela fights at adam weight mm -hmm. 105 now i think she also fights at 115 because that's 
when you talk about the weight that she's actually at. Yeah. So she would fight at 115 in the UFC, and she would be really, she'd be great there. She's good. Her, her ground game. Yeah. And she, she would give a lot of those ladies fits on the ground. Yeah, she had a couple good little. She had a good fight against uh, Michelle Nicolini, who was a nine-time world champion yep. in jiu-jitsu, and um, she had she had a fight against her, and it was a great scrap back and forth, good exchanges, good rolls on the ground, like good positioning. Michelle was able to edge her out, but it was a good fight. It was a really good fight, like good jiu-jitsu back and forth. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't doubt it. I would love to see her come to Bellator because to watch her fight someone like Ali Malay or. You know, or Liz Carmouche to see that type of fight. I'm always going to pitch for Bellator, just to be honest. I'm like, let's be real. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, Angelique, she, I believe she just had her uh, baby or she is pregnant right now. So she's, she's having a baby. So she'll be out for a little bit, but her little sister holding down the fort while she's gone. Good stuff for them. Uh, what the whole else? family fight. Um, I don't know if you guys know much about this, but, um, but just it was just one of these stories that came out where you just you know you guys talk about this quite a lot about um you know fighter depression um and Jonathan uh, Goulet could, yeah he'd come out and just kind of opened up on his his battle with it his battle with depression and uh, don't know if you guys had reviewed that story at all no I haven't reviewed it but we can talk about the fact that it's it's gonna run rampant through fighters that fought too long or fighters that took a lot of punishment in their career and he was one of those fighters that took a lot of punishment in his career um it's it's sad i mean but it's it really just comes down to just knowing when it's time to call it quits and i know you love i know you love fighting i know fighters love fighting we we it's we're cut from a different cloth and we love it but you also have to remember when it's time just okay you know it's time to let it go and we can go over this over and over and over again, but we see other fighters that are out there right now. You still see them on Twitter. You still see them on, on uh, other social media platforms, and you know, and they're still looking for fights, and they're still trying to get, you know, and but but they're 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 in their mid forties, almost pushing fifty. And it's like you're still looking for fights because they have nothing else. They don't know what else to do, and so it's sad. It's sad because it's been time, and that that leads to more depression because you don't know what to do. And how do you how do you walk into a job that you haven't had to answer to anyone for over 20 years or 15 years and you say, hey, those people are going to have a hard time hiring you because you have no experience whatsoever. Most of the fighters that get done, they probably can't even remember how to count back change. So it's it's a sad it's sad to say, but it's I'm just being honest. Like when I first got back out, when I first thought about like leaving fighting. There was a lot of things that went through my mind. Like, okay, if I had to look for a job, I'm sure I had a gym, but you know, but you know, gym is John knows and they don't fucking make money. So when you're, <clears throat> when you're talking about like, if I have to go out there and get a job, what kind of job are you going to get? I mean, I even thought about like, cause I was still 30, I think I was 39 when I retired. I think you can, you can join the military up to like, I want to say 42, something like that. I think it's somewhere around there. Anyways, I had thought about maybe even join the military. You know, just like, so, you know, you sure you're going to get sent off to war all these things, but you know, you have a steady income, <laughs> you know, like, you know, where money's coming from, you know, and <clears throat> that's kind of what athletes, when they get done, not all but fighters on what they're going to do. Like, do you know how to count back change? Can you, can you, um, take orders from someone who's not your coach? You know, like, can you have people talk down to you knowing that 
that they've seen you fight on TV. Like your life was something <clears throat> where you millions try to get your autograph, all those. It's an ego thing. Your life was something where kids wanted your autograph. Adults wanted your autographs. You know, you were on paper. You sold, you helped sell pay-per-views and now you're, I'm not saying you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, but you're bagging someone's groceries or you're, you're in the police academy and the, and the police officer, you know, the, the training officers are down talking to you or trying to start a fight with you to see what your temperament's like, you know, and, and to see if you're even cut out for the job. Are you like that? Can you, can you swallow your pride after being someone, one of the best in the world? There's a lot of depression that goes along with that. Cause you're, you're having to swallow your ego cause you were this. And now that's not there anymore. And that's a hard thing to deal with for a lot of fighters. Is that why your head's as big as it is? Because you haven't swallowed your ego yet? <laughs> my head? My head will always be this big. It's, you know, it's that Goulet was, um, he's a, he was a good fighter. He, he fought a lot of your uh, teammates, if you think about it. You know, he fought uh, Josh Koscheck, fought Mike Swick. You know, those were guys that he competed against. He had the one fight that I'll always remember against uh, Jay Haran. You know, that's that one where we talk about the, the mat at Extreme Couture that's up on the wall and all the blood on it is Jay Haran's blood in a fight that Jay was just putting it on Jonathan Galay. Galay lands one elbow to the middle of Jay's forehead and it just starts spurting and the referee couldn't take it after a while and he called the fight and gave it to Galay. <laughs> and you know, over a over a half inch cut in the middle of his forehead, but it was, uh, he had some hard fights man. and near the end of his career, he's one of those guys that you saw quickly. He got, he got knocked out in a fight and quickly it changed who he was as far as his ability to take a punch. He started getting hurt by punches that he was able to just, you know, walk through before. And, uh, his, his entire career really changed. He's a good guy. And I feel really, really bad that he's having any kind of problem. And this is, this is something that as a fighter, everybody has got to realize this is a possibility. This is part of the sport. Any, any sport that has any type of head trauma and fighting definitely does. You as a participant need to understand, hey, this is something that could affect me for the rest of my life. It may not. You know, you may be that person. You can see a lot of guys that, they, they suffer no effects from an entire career in fighting. And then you'll see guys that only had a couple of fights. And you know what? I, I go back and I, 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 you know, I know Freddie Roach pretty well. And his, he had a brother named Pepper. And you go back and you look at what they did. And you know, I, I was friends with Mike Corey. And he had some serious problems. And his brother Jerry had even worse problems. And, uh, man, I'm telling you. You know, you start to see it in guys, and sometimes you'll see it. It's what they did early on. It's what they did in the gym. It's all the hard sparring that they had. It's, you know, guys like, you know, the Corys and their dad, you know, he only knew one way, and that was you sparred hard in the gym. That's what you did. You know, I have a friend named Randy Shields, who was a great boxer. His dad, Sonny Shields, was a maniac as far as having him fight big people and do things in the gym and it will affect you later on. You know, Randy got through it pretty well, but you know, a lot of them, you know, they'll, they'll tell you, we own, they, they took, they take a look one way. They see three objects. They see the same thing three times. And this is something that it's real. You know, you saw the report that uh, Stephen Morocco did 
you know, from MMA fighting. He did it on Spencer Fisher, you know, and, and I talked to Steven afterwards and I told him, Hey man, you did a great job on that. And he was talking to me. He says, Hey John, you, you know, more of these guys out there. And I said, yeah, I do. And he goes, well, you know, do you think you could get him to talk to me? And I said, I'll talk to some of them. He goes, how many do you think, you know, that you know, and I'm being honest, I probably know about 20 that are suffering, suffering effects from having a career. And it's, it's sad and it's scary. And it's one of the things I always looked and I always had this inner battle when I was refereeing. It's like, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, I, I know that this, this sport is going to affect some people in a bad way. And then I looked and I said, yeah, but I, I can be the guy that gets them out of that fight. And they don't take those extra shots kind of sometimes. Maybe, you know, that's why I'm here. And it, it's something, you know, I know it sounds weird, but you battle with it. And it's a scary proposition because, you know, your mind is who you are. That's your personality. That's, that's you know, your memories. And when well, that starts to go, there's, there's trouble. They don't look, fighters don't look past the, what's going to happen after. Like no. I, when I was on Rogan's, I said, you have a whole other life after fighting. Like you've, you got to think you're only going to fight till you're 35, 34, maybe even let's just say 40. Let's, let's, let's say, just say 40. say 40. You have another 20 years, at least, hopefully knock on wood. You know, you have another 20 years of your life you've got to get through, you know, and if you live to be 80, you have another 40 years. You're only halfway there. Right. You have a long ways to go to be around other people, to shake their hands, to give back change, to be at a party and cover, have a conversation. Can you still do that? Are you remembering stuff? Like you need to be honest with yourself before you start realizing that you can't find your keys or you can't, you don't know where you put your shoes and you just took them off. You need to be honest with yourself before then, you know, and fighters aren't, they're not doing that. And you that's, and I know it's, it's hard to say like, God, I've put so much into it and I can't walk away now. But once you walk away, like you may not even see the effects right now. The effects may not even hit you for two or three years, four years after. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't remember anything or you can't, you just can't function. Like your function, your daily functions are not there anymore, you know? And uh, you wake up and you're like, okay, what was I supposed to do today? Okay. And then you're like, you, you, you know, someone tells you what you're supposed to do. And then you walk out of the house and you're like, okay, what am I doing? You walk out of the grocery store. Where'd I park my car? Well, why am I here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What was I supposed yeah. to get? I just drove all the way to this, to the, you know, to Home Depot. What am I picking up? Fuck, what am I getting? Like, it's, and, and everyone's going <clears> to, <throat> you can't just attest it to age. You know, you're, you're, you've got. I can. You can't. Yeah, you're, you're 80, <laughs> 79. I think you're pushing 80 now. Oh, but, damn, You know what man. I mean? But in that, that, that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part for me is that. When I look at some of them that are still fighting, I see like, like, let's be honest. Like when Chris Levin, I'm thankful, I'm thankful that he retired. You yeah. know, I mean, it was, it was time. It was time five years ago, maybe even more. You know, I can't recall the last time he fought like, you know, in the UFC, but I'm saying it was around that time. It was time, you know, and I don't know what battles he was going through, but I know he had some problems outside of, <clears throat> you know, outside of fighting, but it's like, it was time. It was time to quit. Like BJ Penn's one of my closest friends, but it's, it was time a long time ago when he left the first time it was time like just, yep. you know, and, but I, I feel like there's, there's guys that are out that are battling with that same type of thing. And it all comes down to, I think it does come down to ego. 
is it comes down to the fact that they don't know what to do outside of that. They were that, here. Well, that, that's, that's the whole thing. And it's a matter of you have got to, they're, they're like, I don't have anything else. This is who I am. And it's not, it's not, it's what you do. And that's what you have to figure out. This is what I do. And I got good at it. And you came up with, you know, I know it came from Gary V, but it's that whole thing. You've got to give up your old life to start a new one. Yeah. And, and you, if you were successful in fighting, you can be successful in something else. You just got to figure out what that thing is that you're going to have that same type of passion about. But once you have that, you know, direction now start going and start putting in the same amount of time, the same amount of energy, yeah. the same amount of hard work that you did to create that career as a fighter into whatever you've decided is your new thing that you're going to do because you've got to, got to give up that old it's gone. Give it up. Don't try to live with it. Let it go. It's a memory. You can keep the memory, but start the new and start just making sure that everything that you do works towards creating what you are going to be for the next half of your life. And it, it's a hard thing to get guys to understand and to get them to do, but it, it's real. And if you don't give up your old life, you're never going to start your new life. Yeah, I think I've said this several times in this podcast is that when I when I wasn't sure if I was going to fight again after the Patricky fight and I walked into the gym for the next couple months at AKA, I just was telling myself, you don't even really want to be here. You don't even know if you're going to fight again. So what are you doing? I'm in here grappling. I'm in here. I was kind of like helping other guys spar. I'm like, why? I'm just taking more damage to my body for no reason because I don't even know if I'm ever going to fight again. So I just realized, and that's when that, the, the Gary V thing had happened. You have to give up your old life to, you know, to start your new one. You can't keep lingering around the gym, you know, in the middle of the day for two and a half hours, you know, and expecting to get other things done towards other new future goals. You have to give up that life. I'm not saying that you can't forget that you should forget about it. It was there. It's a memory. Keep yeah. it there. You know, I've got great relationships that I built from there, but move on. And like you said, give yourself a direction on where you want to go and pick it and then focus on it as much as you spend in the gym. If you spent five hours a day in the gym fighting, spend five hours a day doing something like that you enjoy doing, whether it was, I don't even know what it would be. I mean, you know, like, but something else I said, like when I, I went to, I go to the juveniles, juvenile halls here and, and I speak to the kids there and I let them know. I was like, Hey, I was in the same juvenile hall that you guys are in right now. And I say, you know, I want to let you guys know you and I bring I bring my strike force world title belt and I put it down. I'm like, look, and I show up a video, you know, a short little highlight clip of me fighting and this and that. And I tell him, I go, I go, I can guarantee you guys that every single one of you guys is probably better than me at something. You're probably better than me at cooking or basketball or golf or or you know definitely golf. Drawing, drawing, you know, whatever it is. You guys are probably better than me at something. Yeah. You know, and so you, everybody in the world is better than somebody else at something. Maybe it's not what they want to do for their whole life, but just because I am good at fighting doesn't mean that I'm better than you at everything else. And so if whatever you are good at, take your time and your focus and put it into that. And I think a little bit of the reality, like when they, when they, I've told all of them, when you guys get out, you know, hit me up, come by my gym, you guys, you know, I'll give you, you know, some time, some training. If you guys want to come train. And learn that you guys really aren't as tough as you really think you are, you know, like that, because that's a big ego check too, for a lot of the younger kids yeah. that are in, in, 
you know, that are in juvenile hall. They all think they're tough. They all think they can really fight. And because they have the fastest windmill in the parking lot, you know, it's like, and that's really what it comes down to. And, but they, that's good. It, I like that one, the fastest windmill. Yeah. You know, really that. good. <laughs> so, but when they come in, they, you know, they have no technique. Now, you know, it's, but you, you let them come in, you let them train. Anyways, moving on. It's just in terms of if you spend as much time and energy on something else, the way you did is you spent the five hours in the gym and running in the morning and things like that. You could be good at that. If I spent one year of, of a schedule, if I gave myself a routine of getting up, checking my emails, getting my coffee, checking my emails, you know, then going to do whatever it is I was going to do for that day. If I did a year of that, I would almost guarantee that almost everybody, I'd say like 90% of them would be successful at whatever it is that they were trying to focus on. Whether it was learning the stock market, whether it was learning, you know, going to school and trying to get, you know, your degree to become a teacher, uh, uh, whatever it was, an architect or a plumber or whatever. You, I, If you spend as much time in the gym as you do learning something new, you'd be successful. There's no doubt. I have no doubts in my mind. Yeah. It's probably just not as fun. That's what well, the problem it, is. To carry this to the last bit, the perfect example of this is tj grant you know if people don't remember who tj grant is i do okay but tj grant came into the ufc and uh, when he first came in there he had a couple of losses i know he lost to johnny hendrix he lost to hercardo uh, Almeida, but then he went on a run and he beat like shane roller uh, evan dunham uh, i'm trying to remember who Matt gray Weidman, maynard gray maynard and, and had moved himself yeah. into a position that he was the next to get a title shot. He was. But he was suffering from headaches and having problems and concussions were a big problem. And he walked away from fighting based upon what he was told and what he was, you know, experiencing as just a person. He said, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, he started getting himself prepared to do another job. Now he's got a complete career that he's doing. He's doing great. And he's the example of, hey, you know, not everyone was meant to fight. He was a great fighter, but his ability to take punishment and to not have it affect him wasn't the same as other guys. And so he made that decision. He's the example of, yeah, you can, uh, you can be a great fighter and you can decide, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And that, you know what, I can move on. I can start a new career. I can do something different and move on with my life. He's a great example of it. He was offered the title shot. Yes, he had the title. He had the title shot, and then he had the concussion stuff after the Gray Maynard fight, and he had got, he'd knocked himself out in training, grappling, and he was never the same. He said, I had basically had a concussion after the Gray fight, and then he went on to go train, and he was starting to train for the title fight. He knocked himself in training, knocked himself out in training, and they called me because I had just beat Nate, and they said, hey, you're next. And then that's when the whole thing happened with Pettis pulling out. And then, but he was next. He was yeah. the number one contender. He was yeah. ranked one, I think, one ahead of me. And he was he was next. Yep. And he walked away because of those that situation. I've always wondered whatever happened to him because you never hear from him anymore. No, he's living yeah, up he never, in Canada, he has a, a normal job, and he's got his family, and he's doing well. And it's uh, he's one of those ones you look at and you go, hey. Yeah, this can be something you need to walk away from, and it's okay. You know, he still does jujitsu. I know that. I know he yeah. still grapples and stuff like that. But he uh, 
he walked away, started a whole career and, you know, he's doing well and, you know, God bless him for all of that. I'm sure it was not easy for him to walk away. The first time I think I watched TJ fight, he fought a guy named uh, Jesse Bongfeld. We used to call uh, Jesse's nickname was the water bong. (laughs) Jesse, the water bong felt. And, uh, he was good. I was like, God damn that guy. Cause Jesse was good. Jesse was a tough dude. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he beat Jesse Bongfeld. And I was like, I guess I'm going to see him in the UFC. And sure enough, he ended up there and he did great. He was a tough dude. He beat Jesse. Cause he lost to Jesse. He lost to Jesse. Then he yeah. beat him again. Okay. Him okay. So second time. Him. Yeah. But, uh, just a good fighter, tough dude. Yeah, I wonder whatever. I, I always want to know what happened. Go back to his Instagram. If you guys, if you guys want to figure out who we're talking about, we're talking about TJ Grant. And so, if you guys follow him on Instagram, it's TJ Grant three sixteen is his uh, handle. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to hit him up too and follow him just because we were kind of in the UFC around that same time and just right there at that title conversation at yeah. the same time. So yeah, I always wonder whatever happened to him. I'm glad he's doing well, man. That's it. Makes me feel good to hear that he was doing well, that he is doing well. That's made awesome. the right choices. Yeah, he's got a he's got a great picture here of I think it looks like his daughter and his dog. <laughs> that's pretty dope. They're like laying sleeping. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, that's gorgeous. cute. Uh yeah, but if you guys can't check him out, TJ Grant 316 on Instagram. So check it out. Um, what else you got for us, Dave? Uh last thing was the the video of John Jones hitting pads. Um he was taking some flack for uh, I think his speed. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but the did you guys see this clip? No. Yeah. It's big. He's at two fifty two right now. Jesus. And he said, "Well, you 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 got to be honest, and you got to figure it out. And this does he's not in shape for fighting. No. I saw him hitting pads with you know Brandon Gibson also here, and uh, you know to sit there and to say, oh, he looks slow. He's never the fastest fighter, anyways." And he's going to be a lot faster when he's training for a fight and he's going to get better. And he's got to adjust to the different weight. That weight is going to be a big difference maker for him. Whatever the weight that he was actually just, you know, basically training at before, you got to figure with somewhere around 225 to 230. If he's 252, that means he's put on a good 20 some pounds. That's 20 some pounds that he is not used to carrying. He is not used to moving around with. He is not used to any part of it. He's going to have to learn how to actually move and handle and be able to be able to, you know, stay in a fight and not get tired carrying that extra weight. Well, let's be honest. He's probably going to fight around 238 to 242. He will not fight at 252. No, What's, 240 would be the biggest he would be. Yeah, I think it'll be between, two, I think between two, and I'll actually even go a little bit lower, 236. To yeah. 242 somewhere in that pocket is where he will probably find himself after a camp and where he feels like he's probably performing the best and and i go to that too because dc dc always liked to fight at 238 and St. Cain velasquez was the same way he's like 238 is my weight class he's like my that's my weight where i like to fight and i feel the best uh dc of towards the end started getting up to 245 240 <laughs> you know and then you know so much for that 238 thing yeah 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 but you know what i mean so John, like yeah. when people are saying he looks slow and put all that aside, like you said, he's on fight nothing. shape. He hasn't, he hasn't been, he's not in a full camp. 
He's just really getting his body up and uh, he's bulking. We call it the bulk phase. But he'll slim, he'll he'll get slimmed down. And he'll get ready. He's got another six months before he fights. You know, he's got another six months easily before he fights. I mean, they'll you know the winner of this fight is happening when? When do they fight? Coming up. And Ganu and uh, Stipe, they fight when? That's the that's the end of March. End of March, March 27th, correct? I think. Yeah, March twenty seventh. So they fight the end of March, and then him and uh, the winner of that will fight probably June, maybe July. Yeah. Sometime, you know, maybe like. If they do a, what is it called? Fight week? What is it uh, called? International, international, international fight week? Which yeah. now there's no international, there's no international well, people. There's nothing that's just Reebok. Maybe they'll do international fight week in Fight Island. Now. Yeah, maybe. Ooh. No one, who's going to fly That's out international. That? That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, you, do you think they give Derek Lewis the loser of this fight? Um, uh, Stipe and, and Ghana? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. He's, he's going to be... He's right there for the title shot now. I could see I mean, them giving someone like Curtis Blade the loser of that fight. Yeah. So you think Derek faced or, the title? Or, or Rosenstruck. Or or Rosenstruck, yeah. You can give Rosenstruck the loser of that fight. I think you're going to see Derek, Derek Lewis and Cyril Gunn. You think so? Yep. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, maybe. Man, maybe. Maybe because you know Derek Lewis will actually try and get after him and throw punches. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, I'm gonna catch you. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. I right, good stuff. Uh, is there anything else, Dave? Uh, that wraps up for news. All right, eighty-nine thousand eight hundred eighty-seven. What is yeah, that? I know we've been we've been stuck in that eighty-nine area there for about two weeks now. <laughs> it's driving me. Crazy. Hey, I actually went. You'd be proud of me when the when our show first came out. I went, I saw comments. There was like three hundred of them at the time. I went through them. I actually left messages to people. So I did exactly what I said. I looked at the comments, and I want to tell everyone, hey, thank you for the very nice words uh, about the show, uh, about what me and Josh are doing. It's it is definitely appreciated. I'm glad that you guys enjoy, and uh, if you uh, have a friend, tell them about us so they can enjoy too. Yeah, I want to thank you guys as well. Very nice. I, well, they, there you go. Well, we had made some changes um, with our YouTube a little bit, and I got booted out of the comment section. So <laughs> I, I got I got to get back in there somehow. I haven't been able to leave any comments and hit thumbs down I'll and thumbs up. Before you go. Yeah, so we got to we have to get that figured out. Um, okay, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the hit the little uh, bell off to the side also to get the notifications. Hit the prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. And we have a special for you guys. We have a special for St. Patrick's Day. We have a, a St. Patrick's Day t-shirt. It's green with our it is green. logos. Look okay. at the green. Has the date of March 17th on it. Check it out at prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code plethora. <laughs> plethora. P-L-E-T-H-O-R-A. Plethora. I'm glad John. Someone asked, that. "How do you spell? How do you spell plethora?" I just did it. Yes. Well, plenty of people have used it this month, so clearly That's it's awesome. not that hard. Yeah. Uh, they probably just googled the word. <laughs> they probably googled and looked it up. <laughs> I don't do that. I just misspell it, and if I don't get it right, it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> no, yes. Um, we want to thank you guys, and hope you guys enjoy the show. And um, I'm amped up for next week's fight. Oh. We will. Well, I guess we'll go over all those. Yes, we will. For, for uh, the people on Wednesday. 
Yes, I mean, I'm yes. Someone, someone was saying to me. One of my friends back home was saying that you guys need to have like a code word uh, when you go back to Bellaton. You're doing the commentary, like you need to just have like an inside word for the Wayne In fans. Like every time somebody gets punched or something, like you guys say like, "Ah, oh, Jiminy Cricket" or no, <laughs> something he, silly. You do that, don't you, John? I, I do a game. I do yes. do a game. Yeah. Yes, John I, I do does it already. But you know, it's it's good because it actually keeps you kind of. Uh, going i have friends that watch the show and they'll they'll text me hey do this word or do this thing because it's something they know and they know not to send me something i can't do yeah so if i can fit their phrase or something into the show and it makes sense i'll do it like the word plethora like the word plethora <laughs> yeah you know you're, one, just, you're trying to figure or that out and work it into the commentary what was it? one of the one of the you know, salted caramel whiskey oh what <laughs> that was one yeah or or uh Based upon my dad being an idiot one time, <laughs> we were playing. We we're playing this show, this game, right? I had all my family. It's in my my you know, stepsister and her brother-in-law. I mean, her husband and my brother-in-law is a great guy. And they're all they come with this game, and you put in these words, and then you pull it out. And they, you know, obviously it's men against women, right? It's always men against women. <laughs> Gosh. So we're gonna lose. And so it's like, you know, it's pretty simple. You know, you got a word and you can, you know, tell people things around it till they guess the word. You have like 15 seconds, right? And so my dad pulls up this word, right? And he looks at it, he's looking, and we're going, hey, dude, let's go, let's go. You we don't have any time. Comfort carry. What the fuck did you just say? Comfort carrier, right? So we're throwing words, throwing words out. Ant time. What the hell is a comfort carrier? He goes a saddle. <laughs> a saddle. <laughs> you 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 hold it, hold it. You could have said you put it on a horse. You sit on it while on a horse. <laughs> you you. <laughs> it's made of leather. All the, I said all these things. And you come up with comfort carry goes, well, I didn't want to make it too easy on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're on the same team. <laughs> Hello. So they sent me one, one of the uh, times I told, I told that story and they go, Hey, fit in their comfort carry. I just said, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. All right, guys. Well, Hey, glad you guys that joined us and hope you guys enjoy the show. We will see you guys midweek show. Hope you guys have a good week. Absolutely. So we will. See ya.